Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the first of this new special Leeds United podcast from your lovely friends at Man on the Post. I am of course Ross and with me is my good buddy Colin. Hello there, how are we doing? Yeah, mate. Good. How are yeah, you? Yeah, not too bad. A little bit of news today. <laughs> Just a bit, isn't it? We've been planning to do this for a while but we've held off until there was the main news and that main news has come. We have a new manager. We'll get into that, we'll get into our previous managers and uh, look forward to what we want Leeds to do this summer um, but yeah first we thought we'd just give a little quick kind of explanation of what we're doing obviously we're two we're two Leeds fans we don't get a massive chance to talk about it on the, the weekly Man of Post podcast because Adam's there normally telling us to <laughs> move on from Championship talk so with the, the kind of the lack of Leeds related podcasts out there in a minute we kind of hope to bring you a little bit of um, kind of what you want to hear, basically, from two Leeds fans just talking about Leeds United. Yeah, exactly. So we shall begin then. Today's big news: Gary Monk is the new manager of Leeds United, signed on a, a one-year rolling contract. I've seen a lot of people moaning about this, but this seems to be, I think, the the new way of giving managers deals. Well, it's, it's Chilino's way, isn't it? Well, yeah, it doesn't make sense to tie them down to like three years. I mean, he gave. We gave Hockaday a three-year deal, and that worked out well. <laughs> Obviously, he had a, a very low payoff, which was fine. I think he gave Redfern a two-and-a-half-year two deal. Um, but a lot of clubs now are just giving these rolling deals. I think it's it, it works well for both manager and club, I think. I think so. Yeah. But yeah, Gary Monk is the new man, uh, formerly of Swansea. He had, he had a decent record at Swansea. His first season was very good. His second season, he had a, he had a bad run, which ultimately led to his sacking. But 37 years old, um, I'm I'm very impressed with this uh, appointment, actually. Yeah, me too, Ross. Me too. Um, I mean, the thing that stands out is, I mean, I think we've got to go back a little bit and just talk as well about Carl Robinson and Daryl Clark. Yeah, obviously Monk wasn't the first choice, was he? I've had a think about this, and obviously there's been the one bookie, it was Skybet, wasn't it? Who, who yeah. was, it's probably one bloke on a PC, <laughs> just popping these odds out, and and obviously he's got uh, a contact somewhere, I guess. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got a thought, and I don't know what you think about this, but I reckon... Maybe a little bit naughty, but I reckon Chilino. He, he obviously mm. knew Steve Evans wasn't for him. Yeah. He gave his interviews, I think it was to the Telegraph, you know, that pretty much his days were numbered. And I think he's scattergunned a few managers. Yeah. And I don't think he's just gone, ah, Carl Robinson, oh, that's failed. Ah, Daryl Clark, oh, that's failed. Ah, Gary Monk. Because it doesn't make sense to me that Gary Monk will be third in that list. No. He, well, he'd definitely be the top of that list for me. In terms of managers, but they're all they're all kind of a similar 
other breed, I suppose, these young British managers, which I didn't think he would go for again. Exactly, yeah, and I just think he's maybe for a while. And there was something that uh, Gary Monk said in his press conference that was quite key. And mm. said, "Oh, did this come out of the blue, Gary?" And he sort of like went. Um, <laughs> uh, he said, "Look, oh, Leeds have been talking. Have made contact with me." Yeah, and then moved on to something else, and I think Chilino's been chatting to him for a while, mm. and I think maybe he thought, well, you know, he, let's say he spoke to Gary Monk two months ago or a month ago, yeah, and he's gone right. You're not returning my calls. Fuck you, <laughs> right? It's Carl Robinson. He's returning yeah. the calls. I'll speak to him, and then he's gone. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't want the job. And then it's like, right, well, fuck you then. I'll go for Daryl Clark. And he's gone, fuck you too. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit. It's like, because yeah. apparently, you know, there's other managers as well, wasn't there? So yes. rumours are what, about seven or eight, including foreign managers. Um, so it's all been a lot of fuckaroo while. <laughs> and eventually there's, there's Gary Monk there, and maybe he's just said, you know, he's been sitting on it and thinking, mm, okay, shall we do it? And I'm sure that by him sitting there and other managers turning the job down, he's probably bumped his wage up a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't know. I could be completely wrong. And maybe he has gone Carl Robinson, Daryl Clark, then Gary Monk. Just seems an odd, an odd way of doing it because you would have had to pay at least something to get Robinson or Clark away from their current clubs. Wouldn't, wouldn't have been a lot, I don't imagine, but... It, it's more than I've had to pay to get Gary Monk into the job. Yeah, what, what do you reckon he's on? How, how much a year do you reckon? A million? Probably. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to be a lot, is it? No. But I, I don't think he's going around less than some of those players we've got. That's for sure. <laughs> I reckon Belushi's raking in more per year than Gary Monk will. Mm, perhaps so. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, he can rake in that more per year for Sampdoria, and he can fuck off in the summer. So <laughs> we'll come on to our squad anyway. But I think I think it's a very good appointment. It's a, it's a progressive appointment, and his press conference was encouraging because every time he meant they tried to get him to talk about Chilino, he just smiled and kind of veered the, the talk away from that and more about what he can do and what he will do. I obviously this happened last season when we appointed Rosler and then we appointed uh, Adam Pearson. Pearson handled the day to day, 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 day stuff. And Chilino took a back seat, and then obviously something happened, and Pearson decided, fuck this, this is mental, I'm leaving. And then the season went to shit from there. But Chilino's been quite quiet for him, which is good, but also quite worrying. Uh, yeah, what's your plot in? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> obviously, he's got a court case ongoing, hasn't he? Another court case. He's not doing too badly, though, is he? He's, he's getting, no, he seems he's to be winning them. Yeah. <laughs> Showing Ken Bates how it's done. Exactly. <laughs> we, we will come on to the uh, David Haig uh, interviews as well later on because they're, they're quite explosive and there's quite a lot of stuff to talk about from them. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've, I'm, I'm happy with his appointment and obviously he's got some coaches that he wants to bring in and he, he wants to work with young players which is encouraging for players like Moat and Taylor and Kirk and Calvin Phillips even and a few more of the kids that are knocking around the first team. You want to bring them through, I think. It's surprisingly unleads, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it's like um, 
you know, it's like uh, we've had guys in the past, so say like Warlock or whatever. And yeah. as soon as he's finished a job, he sits on his ass, does a little <laughs> bit of work for Talk Sport, and then oh, I'm going to do another job or whatever. Yeah. This guy, Gary Monk, you know, what's he been doing while he's been unemployed? You know, has he just been doing nothing? No, he's, he's you know, in April, he was working. He was down at Sevilla. Yeah. Who, who won the Europa League final? <laughs> working with uh, Anaya Emery. Uh, Emery, yeah. The the manager there, and then he's been helping out with the Football Association of Wales as well. So he's been keeping his hand in. Yeah, he's he's learning, which is really encouraging. I think we've not had this sort of manager. I don't think since. I mean, Grayson didn't really have this sort of pedigree either when he came in. He was just Blackpool boss, but this sort of young, exciting manager with new ideas and a new way of doing things. I think ever since then we've kind of had the same kind of the same football ever since Grayson left, really. Yeah, I mean, I think you can maybe get onto the, the previous managers we've had in the past, but it's like this guy's actually got a vision. <laughs> yeah, you know, and maybe you could say. I mean, I hate to say this, but he might want to better himself and do better than Leeds. Well, maybe yeah. this is his second step up the ladder. Because um, worst comes to the worst, he can always say, "Oh well, Chilino was the, the exactly. Mis- it was all Chilino's fault." Yeah, whoever our manager is, that is the ultimate get-out clause. If you fail, well, it wasn't my fault. There was a man above me who was a lunatic. But yeah, like you say, if he gets us into the playoffs, his stock has risen massively just from doing that. Can I just say something? This is a, this is a, this is all football fans are in the same mess with this one. Yeah. Uh, it leads fans in particular in this particular case. The amount, and I and I I, I share that sympathy as well. The amount of tears being shed about the way that Steve Evans has been treated oh the poor bastard put him out of his misery he deserves to be the manager blah 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 blah. on and on it goes all of a sudden Gary Monk's manager fuck Steve Evans hey this this guy's brilliant what a great appointment Steve Evans who? yeah I mean I was never Steve Evans' biggest supporter I, I appreciate what he did apparently his goal was to keep us in the league and he did that and he did it relatively comfortably but I don't think he was ever Chilino's man. He was. It pain, kind of pains me to say, it, but he became too popular, and which is I think is going to be a problem for Gary Monk at some point as well, because people like him and he's on Twitter. He needs to shut that Twitter account down immediately. Absolutely. Immediately. <laughs> do not touch the mobile phone. Do not oh, do God, that. No. no, it's only going to cause chaos. But, but ch- ch- the other thing is as well. This is another reason why Gary Monk actually might succeed let's not say so confident of words just yet but <laughs> the reason he might do well is because surely we've got to the point now where even if Gary Monk is really bad it's mm. a case of you can't sack him Chilino. You, you've just got to stick with him mate exactly what do you do from here you well, go back to Warnock don't you well we're running out of options <laughs> exactly it's been Neil Warnock or Paul Ince I think those are our two remaining options <laughs> at this stage but yeah, let's have a look back at some of our previous managers then. Obviously, when in the Chilino era, he took over. Brian McDermott was the man in charge. He was immediately fired <laughs> and then rehired. Um, he he was in charge of 55 games. He won 21 of those and lost 25, drawing the other nine. That's a 38% win ratio, which is actually the best under the Chilino era. Yeah. But... 
Yeah, he was the incumbent boss when a new chairman comes in. That position is never safe, is it? And as we heard from the what the, the David Haig GFH stuff, Brian's position was never safe. It seemed he was wanting to be fired all the time by uh, the guy who was in charge. I remember what his name is now. Hisham Alvarez. Yeah, Hisham. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted to Brian out all the time, half time during games at some points. <laughs> But you're you're a big fan of Brian. I like I liked Brian. He he seemed like a nice guy. He seemed like a popular manager. But there was a couple of performances under him that were were just unforgivable. Rochdale in the FA Cup, Sheffield Wednesday not long after that FA Cup game, the infamous Matt Smith uh, appearance and then disappearance after about 20 seconds of the second half. He he's done well, but I think his Star is on the wane slightly after his current his recent Reading run as well. That didn't go so well. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, the thing is, never go back is the first thing. So he shouldn't have returned to Reading. No. Um. And yeah, I am a big Brian fan, and I think because if you remember when Brian took over, he took over from Warnock. Yeah. And he was originally Brian was meant to be sort of taking over at the start of the season, but it looked like mm. we could be getting relegated. I think at this point Warnock had just given up all hope really. Yeah, so, he's basically fucked off Matt the Cornwall, hasn't he? Yeah. So <laughs> so McDermott coming in did save us from potential relegation. Yeah. Which was a, a real possibility. And then I think that season what with GFH mm. possibility of Chilino coming in, I think there was more going on behind the scenes. And I and I think McDermott is a bit of a gentleman, he hasn't let on. But yeah. This was a time when people weren't getting paid, as I remember correctly. Mm, he never stood a chance, did he? Really? I think he was trying his best. Obviously, there was um, TNS, yeah, who who phoned up Cellino and then issued the infamous recording <laughs> that that ended up, you know, viral and being mentioned on Sky Sports News and every newspaper. Yeah, you know, naming how Cellino didn't want Brian and all this sort of stuff and. I think it was just every other day there was some other stuff going on. Yeah. I mean, all he wanted to do was get onto, get onto that coaching field and do some coaching for his players and prepare for the weekend's games. He had to, do, he had to put some of the other fires out that he wasn't really employed to do, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so we went from Brian. Uh, then we appointed Dave Hockaday. <laughs> <laughs> that lasted 70 days. Uh, he was in charge for six games. He won two of them, to be fair to him. Uh, he lost the other four. That's a thirty-three point thirty-three percent win ratio, which uh, I mean, compared to the next guy, is really good. But this was mental, wasn't it? Well, Who the it, fuck is that <laughs> Well, you never know if it's just hearsay or whether there is actually some truth in it. But apparently, Dave Hockaday was speaking to Cellino. He thought he was in line for a coaching job, <laughs> not the head coach job. <laughs> A coaching job, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, yeah, you, you've got a job. And he's like, great, yeah, I've always wanted to be a coach. I'm, I'm into my academies and stuff like that. Great, great shit. And it's like, so who's your assistant? What? And it's what like, what do I need an assistant for? Well, yeah. Oh, I need an assistant to uh, Junior Lewis. Um, <laughs> you never, you never believe this, mate. Um, <laughs> I wanted the manager of Leeds United. It's like, what? You're my number two. And I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what was going on. I mean, if that, if it really was truthful that, that Cellino thought he was the guy to take Leeds United forward, then because he yes. never met him, had he? No. 
sacking McDermott and appointing the guy he's just met who looked like a fucking sergeant in the army or drug instructor or something like that but the thing is we will always have the memory of that infamous press conference Uh, Champions League oh Champions League and then when I think it was Adam Pope said oh well there were a few other possibilities we thought might get the job and Chilean goes like who and he went (laughs) uh, Gary McAllister yeah and he just went McAllister he's got a job and Pope goes no, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. That's fine. And then while the conference is going on, Chilean's face is going on. Like, shit. Probably <laughs> Googling Gary McAllister's yeah. phone number. He was available. Crap. <laughs> like on horse racing with him the week before. Bogger. Yeah, he's been linked a couple of times, isn't he, actually, Gary Mack? But like you said with Brian, never go back. Yeah. He's been met once. Yeah, the Dave Fokker Day era. Uh, it was just a disaster from start to finish, wasn't it? <laughs> 70 days. He was followed up by a man nobody had ever heard of, uh, Darko Milanic, who holds the uh, the record for the shortest tenure ever in charge of Leeds United, <laughs> eclipsing Jock Steen and uh, Brian Clough with 32 days. Woo-hoo. He managed uh, six games in that time, and in those six games managed zero wins. He got three draws and three losses. Gives him an overall win percentage of 0.00%. <laughs> I can't even remember Darko. I can't even remember the games he was in charge for. I've just wiped this from my memory. There, there was one game I rem- This is the only memory I have of him, which was it was Leeds v Norwich, yeah. And I think it was Giuseppe Belushi and the Norwich forward. Oh, Cameron! Dr- he was in Cameron charge for Jerome. that game, wasn't and he? it was Clattenburg was in charge, the referee, and there was talk of uh, racist abuse towards Cameron Jerome. Yes. From Belushi. And Clattenburg uh, did really well. He, he managed it and said, right, everybody keep away. Hmm. He spoke to both managers. And Milanic was stuck there like he didn't know what was going on. Like, what? It's like he didn't even understand English. And his assistant was there, like, with the ref going, what are you talking about? What you, what's going on? Yeah. And Milanic just stuck there in his jumper <laughs> underneath his suit, just like arms folded, uh. going, what? Uh? Mm? Yeah. <laughs> Where am I? Just uh, bacon like, face. Like the watermelon that Chilean described him as when he employed him. <laughs> yeah, that was even possibly even a bigger disaster than Dave. At least Dave got two wins. He got a six points. I think the only thing that got us was was, was he previously at Sturm Graz? Yeah, and he had a, a fairly decent record of playing quite good defensive football. Yeah, and I think maybe we all got taken in by it. Sturm Graz, that sounds quite cool. That's European. Yeah. That's because... They must have been in the Champions League. <laughs> this guy must know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, that, that didn't end well. And then, obviously, in between all these, these reigns of managers, we had Neil Redfern Redders. Neil Redders Redfern taking over. Uh, he was put in permanent charge, and he lasted 200 days. Well done, Neil. He was in charge for 33 games in that time. He won 11, drew 7, and lost 15. So that brings him out to a 33.33% win rate as well. Same as... Diamond Dave Hocker Day. Hmm. Redders, Redders is Leeds, isn't he? He he epitomised for me everything that Leeds was and that Leeds Youth Academy and he knew what it was like to be in charge of Leeds and had no illusions as to how hard the job was going to be, I think. I think he was the nearest to Grayson we've ever had since yes. Grayson. Yeah. And 
I don't think he was. It, it won't ever be as fondly remembered as Grayson. No. But I think what he did was pretty impressive. Um, but then, I think of all of the managers, perhaps he was the one who got the most shittiest stick from Chilino, perhaps. Yeah, not, the not whole his Steve girlfriend Thompson as well, stuff. and yeah, Lucy Ward stuff. It's all yeah. It did seem like a plan to just destroy him from the from above, basically, <laughs> force him out of the club. It, it is a very it was a really odd situation, especially the Lucy Ward stuff. He, Chilino knew there were a, a couple, and yeah, just dismantled his his team and his life at least, basically. Which is a shame. He went on to Rotherham after Leeds and was there for, I think, six months. And was ultimately fired before Warlock took over and saved them. But well, well, it was it was more than that. I think Ross. I think it was actually you, you could probably call it, you know, an absolute embarrassment because he was, you know, before the games and stuff, he was after, he was he was the cone man. He was putting mm. the cones out. He was collecting the bibs. He was doing everything. He was getting the bus ticket, the, the tickets to get everywhere, and, and you know the, the cards for everybody to get into the hotels and things. And I think. Yeah. Steve Morrison alluded to it once and he just said it's just crackers there's the one man running a club basically yeah this poor guy is having to do everything and even yeah. the, and when the players have seen that that makes you look a little bit tin pot yeah yeah that was the like said, yeah, probably the most embarrassing time we've had we've had some other ludicrous moments but yeah it's just a real shame how it ended because I was happy for him to go back to the academy, which was I thought was on the table. But obviously, it kind of how can you do that after you've been in charge of the full thing properly, rather than just as a, a temporary boss? But yeah, this time last summer we appointed Uwe Rosler. I was excited. I remember him fondly as a player, and I thought he did a decent job at Brentford and a, a, a good job in a difficult circumstance at Wigan. He was in charge for 152 days. Most of those were for the summer. <laughs> He was in charge for 12 games. He won two, drew six, and lost four, giving him just a 16% win rate. Um, of all the managers that Chilino was employed at Leeds, he backed Rosler the most, didn't he? He gave him the things he wanted to succeed. He, he did. I mean, I, I was confident as well of Rosler at the start. Mm. But I think if you recall, I very quickly turned off him. Didn't he draw four games in a row, 0-0 or 1-1? I, I just didn't like the way he was playing. And I... Mm. I you know, long before he got sacked, I said, "Look, this guy's not long for staying." He's I think it was the Doncaster game where you turned, and that was the second game of the season in the cup, wasn't it? I can't recall, but it. I believe Chilino was having an influence on the team. Yeah, that he was picking. Um, this coincides with Byram being missing. Mm. Um, who only returned when Steve Evans came in? Yeah, Byram not playing, and Scott Wooten playing right back. And I don't know, I think maybe Juve Rosler bought into this vision that there was going to be this sort of other people would bring the players in, he'd do the football. Yeah, he'd be the coach and he'd do the substitutions and that sort of stuff. But his football wasn't good enough, was it? No, it it wasn't. The There was a lack of end product, wasn't there? And which which ultimately led to a lot of people getting on Chris Woods back early on because he was completely isolated as the lone striker in this four three three system that he played. He he brought in some good players though. I like I'm a big Chris Wood fan. I like him. I like Stuart Dallas. He was a good addition. Um, Adiemi I thought was a decent sign when we signed him as well. 
But yeah, it's 152 days. It's it's just the same again, isn't it? You don't get enough time to do what you were doing, but if you're not doing it well enough in the time you are there, then it's more than football. You get sacked. I think when Evans took over, we were one point off relegation. Yes, Evans took over in October of last season. We had 35 games left to go. Which, with that much time to go, given the aim of staying in the division, he could have done a lot more, I think. He possibly could, but I'd got to the point before he got sacked that I wanted him gone because the football was that bad. Hmm. Um, And I thought he was clueless. So... Now that was just me as a Leeds fan. I don't know if other Leeds fans agree with that, but when that's the even with Hockaday, I didn't think that. Um, <laughs> we were just playing nice football with Hockaday. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but if that's in my mind, I'm sure it's in other fans' minds, and I think when that happens, then you're on the slide, aren't you? Yeah, the Leeds fans aren't the ones that they'll give you more rope than some other clubs will. But as soon as you've got to the end of that rope, you're you're done for. There's no regaining it. I mean, I remember when Grayson was at the end of his tenure, people were just getting so pissed off with his defensive abilities of the team that didn't matter how exciting we were going forward, if you can't stop conceding goals, people are just going to have enough. There's something else about this list that stands out as well, Ross. Yeah. They're all unemployed. <laughs> yeah, they are. Aren't they? <laughs> Even Brian's unemployed now. It's a wasteland. <laughs> when you leave Leeds, that's it, your career's done. <laughs> so Steve Evans then he was in charge for 225 days 38 games in charge 14 wins 13 draws and 11 losses uh, 36.84% win ratio I, I, was, I was never his biggest fan I'll openly admit that I didn't think what he'd done previous was good enough to manage Leeds and he'd a lot of them had just survived didn't they and then they fired him after a poor start but he did well, he did his job. He did what he was employed to do. I don't think it would have been too much of a stretch to have given him another season because he seemed to have developed a relationship with the squad he had and I'd kind of been interested to have seen what he bought in during the summer, but I think it was made evident a long time ago that Evans was never the man for Chile. Well... Steve Evans does what Steve <laughs> Evans wants and I, I think I think there's a few things with Steve Evans I mean I think he marked his cards with Chilino quite early because he, he brought Sam Byron back yeah which I think won him a lot of favour with the fans mm. because as soon as Sam Byron did come back he did play well it wasn't that this guy was out of the team because he was out of form no exactly um, and I think he'd probably said to Chilino look mate you're going to have to let me pick the team now if you don't we're going to get relegated and I think he probably did pick Byron mm. even though Cellino said no um, but obviously the results improved which was good yeah. I've got a lot of sympathy for Steve I mean you, you can't deny that he had he was really really proud of being the Leeds manager um, yeah no true the, uh, the, the Leeds salutes and all that sort of stuff it's it's a way of getting on board straight away but I think he actually meant it, it wasn't just a, a, a an empty gesture. I, I think he, you know he, he was genuinely leads. He you know the the way he hung on at the end I think was and he's, he's maybe hampered his own career really because maybe he should have jumped ship and maybe took the man, uh, the, the Nottingham Forest offer. Yeah, or the Celtic report yeah. offer. Um, but th- there's something here as well that makes me come back to Chilino is that he got rid of Rosler. Yeah. 
And Rosal was Chilino's idea of the vision moving forward. Fine. Yeah. And he backed him. Great. Then Steve Evans comes in. So what was Steve Evans' job under Chilino? Just to keep us from relegation? Is that, was that, that his aim? Apparently, yeah. With 35 league games of the season left. So are we in a case of Chilino just every year changes his mind? So he's gone from like an experienced championship league one coach like Rosler mm. and Brian McDermott. Well, no, he didn't have Brian McDermott to be fair. So he's, got, he's gone from newbies yeah, like uh, Hockaday that didn't work so he said right <laughs> European guy yeah. Lanich that didn't work shit <laughs> right Rosler ah that's not worked <laughs> now gone for Steve Evans Ugh. right I don't fancy him anymore now I'm going to go for bright young managers from England yeah is, is this uh, next year is it going to be something else we're going to have to go for like 60 year old managers or something <laughs> it seems that he, yeah he just uh, makes decisions just on a whim and then just thinks yeah that'll do that's how what I feel like today and that's what we'll do from now on until I change my mind again I'm hoping that the Gary Monk appointment sticks and he at least sees out a season if he can see out a season and there's some improvement from where we are I think that maybe that might be enough to keep him in a job for another year but well under a normal a normal owner that would be enough to see you given another another year to prove yourself but we finished 13th overall last season which is our highest league position for a long time it could have been a lot higher though there was a lot of those draws that we had we threw we threw points away here and there and just conceding goals early every single game always coming from behind yeah yeah always I mean here's another thing I mean I know we've got a threadbare squad yes. was it 21 and 3 of them have only played a game yeah. Okay, fair enough. And we've got some starlets that other teams are going to want to try and steal. Yes. Okay, fine. However, if there's a, a bit of light at the end of the tunnel here, and let's whisper it, but if we sort the defence out, <laughs> we might not be in too bad a shape. That's the main problem. The defence. Yes. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, a massive fan of Chris Wood. You know, I mean, is, is uh, Eddie Gray still calling Chris Woods? Chris Woods, yeah. Chris Woods, ah, goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Chris Woods up front. Um, <laughs> and I, he got I, 13 last season. He did, he did miss a big chunk of the season and he got he came good towards the end of the year. I think he... I'm not knocking him. Okay, he's, he is what he is and he's good yeah. at this level, right? So, great. You've got him there. We all know what we've got in midfield. Different managers will take different fancy. Some people seem to like Moat. Some people don't like him. Yeah. Fine. We all we already know about Cook and, and what he's all about and, and various other players. Hmm. The defence, though. <laughs> Charlie, we've got, no we, options, we've got Charlie Taylor, right? Yeah, <laughs> and Louis, Louis Coyle. Uh, yes, yes. Though he's, he's new and young, isn't he, and fresh? Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> I don't know what we got. I mean, I love Baradi. Baradi and Taylor, left back and right back, are probably our strongest positions, actually. <laughs> If Berardi doesn't get broken yet again, but yeah, he seems people just seem intent on injuring him as much as they possibly can. Yeah, but seeing him at the end of the last season coming onto the onto the pitch with all these crutches, support, uh, showing the Leeds fans the support, that's that's really nice to see. I think he gets he gets Leeds. I think yeah, he certainly gets Leeds more than uh, Giuseppe Belushi does. I don't. Uh... 
I, let's I, move on. Let's move on to the yeah. squad. Let's start. Let's start with the keepers. We've got four keepers on the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silvestri, obviously, for clear number one. Yep. Uh, Turnbull was was number two. I think he will be number two when he recovers. He had a broken ankle, I think. And then we've got the two youngsters, Eric Grimes and uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell, the law firm, uh, who are just kind of on the fringes. But was it Peacock Farrell played once last season? Yes, I'm in prison, but I'm represented by uh, <laughs> Bailey Peacock Farrell. So uh, <laughs> David Hague's lawyers. <laughs> yeah, well, well, no, actually, hopefully, he's better lawyers than that. Um, <laughs> but that, that's that's not a bad set of four keepers for the championship. I don't think. Obviously, we've never seen Grimes play, but Peacock Farrell didn't look too bad in that game he played. And Turnbull's got lots of experience, and Silvestri's a very good shot stopper. He might not be a great decision maker sometimes, but. Give him a shot, a shot to save, and he's pretty good at that. As much as Noel Whelan hates him, <laughs> I can see Turnbull going. If if he's still here, yeah. is, is his contract come? Does it end this year, or is it? Is I think it, he's he's still here, isn't he? Because he was he, he was kept on the retained list. Yeah, yeah, he broke his ankle early in the season and out for a long time. Yeah, I think he's he's definitely number two, isn't he? And then, but what, what's uh, the point of having him? Why not have the kid in? Why not have well, the lawyer? Yeah. In? I think the lawyer could go out on loan, possibly this season. Or sold. Yes, all that. <laughs> so, I mean, that's not that's not a bad set of keepers. Silvestri's a decent keeper for this level. He, he can be very good, but he can also be really bad on occasions. Defensively, we are looking very, very thin. So, we've got Sol Bamba, captain. Um, Scott Wooten has now left the club after the contract snafu, should we call it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was quite funny. He can fuck off. He was appalling all last season. Uh, uh, how he played that many games for me is beyond me. Uh, we've got Belushi, who there's reported interest in from a three or four Italian clubs. I think if we get a reasonable offer, we should accept it and reinvest that money in a, a centre-back that knows what he's doing in this division. I saw a YouTube compilation of his uh, worst worst errors. The one against Charlton when he tries to overhead kick the ball coming into the box from across and then the Charlton defender just takes it off him and nicks it in past the keeper. Appalling. Well, Belushi and Bianchi are both pretty much off, aren't they? Bianchi's not even on the squad list anymore, so yeah, I'm assuming he's that's a done deal. We've got Liam Cooper, who mm. he's very much like Sol Bamba. He can be brilliant, but can also just switch off. And when the two of them together, it's a really lethal combination. <laughs> and anything else? Uh, well, yeah. And then our three fullbacks in Taylor, Berardi, and Coyle. So we have six defenders on the books currently. Fullbacks, I'm not that bothered about. That'll do. No. Yeah, those three are all right. I mean, I'd rather have Sam Byron there. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, that's in the past. We got a reasonable offer for him, and uh, we couldn't really turn it down. Um,. Thought we could, but um, <laughs> we offered him ten grand a week, mate. But uh, going back to Bamba yeah. and Liam Cooper, are either of those any better than Tom Lee's? No. Uh, Bamba on his day is an absolute beast. Yes, yes. But he has too many of those days where he's an absolute liability and just switches off and the ball falls over his head or he miscontrols it and, or passes it straight to the opposition strikers. Yeah, sometimes he goes full-on monster Kisnorbo mode, mm. doesn't he? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, nothing is getting past me today. 
another days, yeah, he just goes <laughs> mental. Uh, yeah, Cooper, I like Cooper, but he was kind of thrown in at the deep end after what a good season in League Two with Chesterfield. It's quite a step up, that is. I'm hoping that with Gary Monk, he's got a few irons in the fire. Hopefully, he's got a few contacts. He knows a few agents. Yeah. He knows a few players. Maybe he, he can even get some Premier League players on loan. Perhaps. Can't remember the name of the player now, but there is a Swansea player, central defender, who followed the Leeds official Twitter account today. I mean, I'm not putting any. I'm just saying. <laughs> Just putting that out there. You never know. He's obviously got his contacts there. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't even need to be some young, bright starlet, does it? It just needs to be someone who knows what they're doing, really. Yeah, I mean, look, well, it's going back a bit, but our 92 championship winning season, Chris White and Chris Fairclough. I mean, Fairclough was fairly young, but they had a lot of champion or that level of experience between them. That's what we need some experienced centre backs who know what the fuck they're doing. And they can just anchor the ship back there. I mean, for some reason, it's like voodoo or something. We, we, we always have bad central defenders. We get them in on loan and they're amazing. Yeah. And we sign them. <laughs> I mean, and then the curse of Ellen Road hits. You think of Jason Pierce with the tag yeah. hanging out of the back of his <laughs> shirt while he's playing. <laughs> you think of Darren O'Day. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, <laughs> disasters like this. Andy O'Brien having a complete mental breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then Grayson hanging him out to dry. <laughs> that was awful. Oh, and then, yeah. And, and then the pictures of, of Andy O'Brien at the end of season awards dinners where Ross mm. McCormack had put like some <laughs> crunched up watsits, I think, on his, on his shoulder and pretended to be snorting them like coke. You know, just just. I oh. think McCormack was a fucking nightmare to be around when he's had a few <laughs> yeah. drinks. Yeah. <laughs> small man syndrome. Yeah, definitely. Ang- angry I have to be Scotsman. the centre of attention in this room because I'm so small. <laughs> Everyone look at me. <coughs> but yeah, we need some experience back there. Like I say, full backs, we're, we're, we're fine. Berardi can play left or right. Taylor's a really good young left back, and Coyle's a promising young right back. He's looked all right when he's played. He's looked quite um, adventurous going forward. Maybe a new Sam Byron almost. <clears throat> we want to the midfield, though. Um, we have numbers, but do we have much quality? Well, we've got Luke Murphy, uh, Alex Moat, uh, Lewis Cook. Um, I can't say his first name, but Diagaraga, who I, I, I really like. I like a big destroyer in the midfield, and he's that one we've got now. Um, still listed at Adiemi and Bridcut and Carriel. I think they've all gone back to their clubs, haven't they? Hasn't Diagaraga as well? Or did we actually sign him? I think we signed him, yeah. I think he was a couple of hundred thousand. Okay. So I'm happy for him to be the, the holding midfielder this season. And then, we, of course, we've got Calvin Phillips. Casper uh, Slaw, still there. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> somehow still there. And uh, Stuart Dallas as our one and only winger. And then they've added uh, Ronaldo Vieira to the squad list as well. <laughs> the man with the best name in football. That's our midfield. There's there's bodies there, but I don't know how you pick a midfield out of that. Right. Well, well, let, let's do it then. Let's let's pick them out. Right. Dallas, excellent. Yeah, first name on the midfield sheet, really, for me. You bit, need that pace. A bit of a poor man, Snodgrass, but it'll do. Yes. Right. He tries. Nice beard. Yeah. So so he's there. Yeah. Lewis Cook, tick. Mhm. Definite. 
Yep. So that's two down. You're left with Mowat. Yep. And I think Mowat and Luke Murphy, in my opinion, are in a, a bit of a similar mould, as in... Yes. You've got to try and find the secret key to unlock them. That They can be really good players, but yeah, they can also just have games where they, it just completely passes them by. Especially Murphy. I've, I christened him on Twitter two years ago, Mr. Anonymous, and occasionally he will appear and score a goal or get an assist, but a lot of the time he's just on the pitch running around, not really doing a great deal. Mm. Whereas Moat, you've always got that, there's that dead ball possibility as well. I'd, I'd like to see a lot more of Moat. I, yeah. I, I just don't think he's, 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 he's running at full full power for whatever reason. But um, I guess this is what you've got someone like Gary Monk in for. So he can go, right, you're mm. not doing this right, now you've got to play like this. Yeah, Gary Monk describes his style as a, a high-pressing, fast-attacking kind of style. He says he's open to change it, because I think he might have to with the players that we've got in the squad. But... Yeah, he likes to play on the front foot, which we haven't really done since Grayson. His teams would get at, get at other teams, and there'd be a lot of pace and hassling and closing down. I think if you're going to pick, we will. Pro- I'm assuming we're going to play with one up front, which would be Chris Wood. For me, you're going to have to play with five in midfield. Dallas is on your left. You've got Cook, Moa, and Diagraga as the three in the middle. We're kind of lacking another midfielder there. Yeah, well, we're going to need more players, I guess, aren't we? Um, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing Mowat moving a little bit more forward behind yeah. Wood. He wears the number ten shirt. Why not play that number ten role? Yeah, that would yeah that would work for me definitely. He's got that ability to pick a pass, and he can also just leather a shot as well as we've seen from his, uh, his career at Leeds so far. He could play nicely off of those knockdowns from Wood. Mm. Onto, onto our strikers, we've got four left. Antonucci's left um, after getting, I think, seven goals last season and a few uh, nine goals last year and obviously 12 the year before. He was a good servant, but getting on a bit and kind of a slightly disruptive influence as well, I think, occasionally. I think maybe he was he, he would have been ideal maybe in a in a, a 4-4-2 and a two up front. Yeah. Do you remember when we had like uh, Beckford and Becchio? Yes. Um, you have the pace and you have the the, the power. Yeah, I think I think he needed a friend up there as well, mm. and I think with that it could have worked really well. I, I was actually not dismissive of him. I thought I quite liked him. Well, you saw in all those early Rosler games where we would be losing with his four three three and change to a four four two, bring Antonucci on, and him and Wood would work really well together. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we've got the. We've got Chris Wood, obviously, the, probably the talisman. Then you've got um, kind of whatever you want to make from this, Dakara, Bataka and Irwin. There's the other three. <laughs> Not a lot of um, end product from either of those three. So we need a striker in, I'm saying right now. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm almost thinking, do you set the other three off? I, I would sell Dakara and Irwin and Hartby. Irwin's done absolutely nothing. He hasn't had a great deal of opportunities, but... He got a fair bit of playing time towards the end of the season and just offered absolutely nothing for me. So, yeah, see what you can get for him. And, yeah, see if you can bring in someone who's going to perform a bit better. Someone like Chris Wood. Chris Wood's been around for a long time, but he's only 24 years old, I think, and he's got a lot of championship experience. It's fine getting these players from Scotland if they're going to be of the quality of Snodgrass, say. I think that's what they they keep looking for. 
with these players. I mean, Dallas obviously wasn't Scottish, but he's kind of that mould of player. And Irwin's kind of a more of a, a more of a striker than Snodgrass was, but I think they're very similar moulds of players. Yeah, you can't keep going back to that well or over and over again. I, if 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 numbers are important, then I'd, I'd rather probably keep Irwin and sack off Pataka. Mm. I don't really know where he fits in. Uh, He's just a bit flash, wasn't he? He had a couple. He got a couple of assists late on, but yeah. and uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Dukara. Dukara. He got an eight-match ban for biting. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't want that in my club. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with regret, I think we're probably going to be in a similar situation to how, how we have been in the past. I don't think there's going to be a queue of people wanting to take them off us. No. So we might be stuck with them. Yeah, which, I mean, they can play parts, but you don't want to be relying on players like that, unfortunately. <laughs> <coughs> so, yeah, that's the squad we've got. Let's quickly move on to the... Um, the David Haig stuff mm. um, explosive I mean I've not watched part 4 yet that was released the other day wasn't it I've still not seen that but the, the parts 1, 2 and 3 were... <laughs> we've had talks about this I'm I'm always wary of David Haig because he's obviously he's still he's the businessman and he's very he knows what to say I, I think that's probably the best way for me to put it he knows how to spin things his way but as you said to me, what reasons he got to lie at this stage after what's happened to him over the last two years? So do you want to take us through what happened, uh, what, what you kind of laid out in the videos? Well, well, yeah. I mean, first of all, what I would say is, in David Haig's defence, because he gets a lot of stick on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and going back, just just to refresh things in a few people's memory, there was a petition, an e-petition that you can raise in front of the government to try and get things mentioned in the House of Parliament and yeah. um, I raised that petition yes and it was yes. mentioned mentioned by Ken Bates on his state address when he was doing those <laughs> as well um, and I got abuse right I got a yes. stick and some of the fans now that are sort of hey good for you man you're out and all this sort of good stuff were basically the sort of same people who were saying well he can just let him he's locked up let him die you know what I mean yeah um, that sort of thing so fair with the friends on that one um, I think they, they're against him because oh look what he's brought to our club fuck him he hasn't got human rights anymore he's he's messed with our club at the end of the day he was a lawyer yeah who was all of a sudden thrust into the position of managing director of one of the biggest football clubs in, in the country yeah, that have been managed by an absolute shambles. And I don't think he particularly wanted to do it. <laughs> and it's like, no. oh, the rest of them are absolute nutters. I'm the, <laughs> I'm the most sane of the lot of them. <laughs> Therefore, I'm seen as the, the face of it. Yeah. Um, which he was, which, if, according to those videos, he didn't want to be. It, uh, he was quite happy to just do his job and leave and go back to Dubai. And it was um, Salim, wasn't it, who wanted to be the man. He wanted to be the big man and... Uh, Make it all about him. Well, I mean, just going on the videos, there's a few things here. In a nutshell, GFH were broke. They didn't have any money. Yeah. So their, their idea was that they were going to be like the 10% man. So so they get investment from someone else who puts in the 90% and they 
take their 10% of the profits and they just manage it and do some PR and they're yeah. the face of Leeds United, if you like. And the money man can stay in the background, doesn't have to get involved. They couldn't get the money men involved because they were clowns. <laughs> so no money men got involved. No. And all of a sudden, they had to sort of be the 100%. Um, and they didn't have the cash to do it. So they were illegally taking money out of people's accounts, um, borrowing money off Susanna Bates to pay wages, things like that. Yeah, fair, fair play to Susanna for that. Yeah, but she, then, she didn't have to do that, did she? But then the best bit is when David Haig says, oh, and then GFH tried to work out ways not to pay her back. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, scumbags. I was like, bloody hell. But yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so, so it's that side of things. And it also made me think, I mean, hey, Ken Bates, love him or lo- loathe him, right? <laughs> but you'd like to think he's a multimillionaire for a reason. He, he must know what he's doing. Yeah. And in the same way that GFH or whoever's buying a football club does, does due diligence on the club, surely Ken would do due diligence on them. Yes, the Arabs, as he called them. The Arabs. <laughs> <laughs> and... You know, he said all these people have been involved, but he didn't want to do business with them. Mm. But he chose GFH. Imagine what Ken would have thought of Chilino if he had rocked up with an offer to buy the club. Well, why did he pick? Why did Bates pick GFH? I mean, yeah, when report, reportedly Steve Parkin was looking to buy the club again. <laughs> the local Leeds businessman with the money to back it up. Anyway, and and then the other thing from the video that I would take is that. GFH wanted to get out, Sport Capital appeared, who were sort of like the bright future for Leeds, if you remember. Mm. They were going to sponsor the women's team, yeah. the ladies' team, and things like that. Um, David Hay becomes MD, one of the investors is Massimo Cellino, and then I think somewhere between GFH and Massimo, they squeezed David Haig out. Yeah, they played him like a fool. And then, I don't want to get us in trouble here, but... <laughs> GFH definitely, possibly the other one as well, Cellino, wanted him out of the way. Yes. And GFH managed a way of doing that. But now he's back. A lot of people, when obviously when he was arrested, when he arrived in Dubai, said, ah, fuck him, he's gone chasing the money, blah, 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 he doesn't care. But look, watching their videos, he didn't want to be this involved in the first place. And obviously he kind of... I think he would have, if Sport Capital had taken over, he would have obviously had a, a massive part to play, but he would have kind of left other people in charge, I think. Hopefully not Massimo, <laughs> we never know, we'll never know. I, I agree. Um, I mean, obviously, David Haig is out now, so he can say his side of the story. Yeah. One thing that does stand out for me, and this is going back to some issues I had when I was raising the petition is that one of the things that comes out of the video is that a particular guy who's still on the Legion United board Janesh Patel yeah. comes out as a bit of a seedy character yes and I remember at the time when I was raising the petition and actively trying to get you know signatures and I think I got about I got well over a thousand yeah. but I wouldn't have a thousand it wasn't enough to push it through in, in front of government but I'd actually had conversations with the local media so BBC Radio Leeds with Adam Pope yeah. and uh, Phil Hay and particularly with Adam Pope in particular I had an argument with him because I was saying look you're not telling the true story here because he was giving 
exclusive interviews with Janesh Patel, putting it out on mm. West Yorkshire Sport. And I said, well, why not telling the other side about the fellow who's locked up? And same with Phil Hay, but Phil Hay was, was more decent about it. Yet again, David Haig's got out of prison. We, we know that GFH are guilty of this. Yeah. Has it ever been mentioned on BBC Radio Leeds? Has it ever been mentioned in the Yorkshire Evening Post? Why not? No. Why not? What is, what is the, the platform that he, these interviews have been on? Are they, it's like Yorkshire TV, isn't it? I don't know what it's called. TV Yorkshire. TV Yorkshire, that's it. So that's, that's another arm of Ken Bates' radio uh, Yorkshire, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> but he, he did say right from the off, the reason I'm putting it on there, guys, is because they were the only ones who wouldn't edit it. Yes. Um, and, of course, the other programme David Haig's been on is, is Newsnight. Yeah. He was on there as well. So, yeah, it just makes... I just find it very strange and it's almost impossible that as a news organisation like West, uh, like uh, YEP or mm. BBC Radio Leeds that you wouldn't even mention these things unless there was a reason. And there is an obvious reason and that reason is Chilino and GFH. Yeah, I think for, especially for uh, Adam Pope and the BBC side they had only just got the rights back to broadcast the Leeds games, didn't they, at that stage? And if they'd gone against the owners of the club and all that sort of stuff that could have easily just been pulled and they would have lost out on what I imagine is probably their most listened to uh, weekly shows well well, that that sort of sticks in my gullet a little bit because essentially that makes them LUTV well yeah it's the British Broadcasting Corporation you're kind of supposed to show both sides of this aren't you yeah Um, so (laughs) I I don't know I mean I I think that YEP has been a little bit more favourable but yeah the BBC Mm. have been very conspicuous in their absence of, of coverage on this yeah, I think there's been maybe a one or two stories in the YEP about the whole thing, but yeah, I'm going to go and watch part four just after we finish this and see what David has to say. And I'm assuming this will be his last involvement in football altogether, probably. He seems to go be going towards uh, like a human rights activist kind of role now, it seems. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess that's for him to decide, isn't it? Really, mm. um, would be understandable. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, he's he's a money man, not a football man, really. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, right, so I think we are pretty much done with our first ever uh, Leeds special. We kind of need a name for these to put them on to the, uh, <laughs> the Man on the Post feed. Any Man on the Post listeners that have downloaded this and are thinking, "What the hell is going on? Where's Adam talking about Premier League football?" Sorry. <laughs> these are going to happen we're going to plan hopefully monthly uh, we're going to round up the games that have happened that month and any obviously every, any news because it's Leeds stuff happens every single month so we'll round up those we'll get kind of we'll try and get some people on other Leeds fans if you're listening you want to come and uh, join us for these chats just let us know well, we're both on Twitter I'm on Twitter at RossBell1984 and Colin is on Twitter at Cass707 uh, you can Obviously, get in touch with us as a, a collective. We are, of course, part of the Man on the Post podcast, the award-winning Man on the Post podcast, which is a, a weekly podcast. Two or three shows a week. We give you lots of content. Um, but, yeah, I think, unless you've got anything else, Colin, I think we're pretty much done. I think it would be remiss of me not just to, to say this, just as a sort of maybe a slight ending point. Yeah. Where will Leeds United finish at the end of this season? And... Will Gary Monk be there? <laughs> and if he's not, when will he be ousted? 
we did a Leeds FM show at the start of last season yeah. and I said Rosler would make it the whole way through the year and we'd finish about 10th Rosler made it for 12 games and <laughs> we finished 13th I would take a top 10 finish this year obviously a top 6 finish would be beautiful but the teams that are coming down are going to prove a tricky challenge and the other teams in the playoffs that didn't go up are going to prove to be even harder 8th we're going to finish 8th and the Aaron Monk will see out the season with an for optimism what do you reckon? Oh, um, <laughs> let's think about this I I can't see it ending well <laughs> um, unless we end up in the playoffs okay yes. so if I'm being positive playoffs and then who knows right playoffs because I think if you look, if you're looking at automatic, we've already got Newcastle in there, mate, haven't we? <laughs> They've already won the league, yeah. Yeah, and as you say, one of the others who is there of thereabouts, at some point, Derby's probably going to have to get promoted. The amount of times, <laughs> the amount of times they're giving it a go. You know? Derby and Brighton, definitely. Yeah. So, so they're going to be up there. Um, so yeah, let's say playoffs, and if we're in the playoffs, then Gary Monk will be there. Yeah. But. Um, I just want a manager to last the season. I know that's quite a lot to ask at any football club these days. It's. Uh... I think there's something about the monk that could potentially walk out if he's not happy. I think he is a bit of a feisty character when he wants to be. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think a lot will depend on what happens with contracts because obviously around January time it's going to be very important. What happens to Lewis Cook? Yeah. Players like that. Um, <laughs> Let let me be positive. Let me say, playoffs. Gary Monk stays. Nice. I like it. I'm slightly less optimistic, but yeah, eighth, eighth in these days. I like it. I'll, I'll take that, and hopefully, so will Massimo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then, Colin, thank you for joining me. Uh, we'll be back very soon. Like I say, if anyone wants to come on with us, just let us know. All you got, the only uh, criteria is you need to be a Leeds fan, and you need to know how to talk into a microphone. Something that I struggle with sometimes. Both those things, in fact. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so until next time, Colin, it's goodbye from me, it's goodbye from you. Goodbye. And marching on together. Mm-hmm.